It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy weekend to you, wherever you may be. I'm Gary Manson. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together, we are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour. Glad to have you with us. And of course, glad of a Saturday, any Saturday when we can work with our tall guy, Nathan Miller. We just like to call him Nathan Detroit. Good morning and afternoon to you, Gary and Suzanne, and happy Earth Day as well. Yay! Happy Earth Day. <laughs> yes. We're going to do something for the Earth today. I think I may clean up a little on the outside. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Clean well, up is always a good can. thing. Right. That's right. We do what we can. I have some watering to do. So, uh, And I remember the first Earth Day. We'll work that into our conversation. Dr. Drayvon too. James is going to be with us today once again. Mm-hmm. There and um, other than that, Nathan, we're just we're glad to work with you, and we're rooting for the Kraken to see if they can make it happen. Yeah, first Gary. time in franchise history, they're playing in the playoffs, and I love it. I think that's great. Pretty exciting. Too. Yep, yep, very exciting. And we'll find out if anybody's going to be toppled. You know, it's uh, it's just interesting. You know, when it's NHL hockey time, and Seattle's rejoicing because now two years in, they finally have a hockey franchise there, and. Uh, it's wonderful to see that happen. It was a long time coming. Sometimes I wondered if it would happen at all, but here we are. And good luck to the Kraken and always good luck to the Mariners. I believe they're officially now the only current franchise in the major leagues that has never been to the World Series. I believe so. There have been some that have been there and not won it. But yeah, as far as appearing in a World Series, Mariners have yet to do that. Okay. Hope springs eternal and it is spring. So Hold the high watch for our local teams in Seattle. Suzanne, we had the opportunity to talk with Dr. Drayvon James, who has this way of communicating profound insights in a way that appeals to the masses, to people who need it said in a way that they can really hear. And that's one of the reasons why we love to have her join us. Transformation specialist Dr. Drayvon James is the founder and director of Everyday Peace, She's the author of Freedom is Your Birthright, host of Dr. Drayvon James' Everyday Peace on mindbodyspirit.fm, coach on the Sirius XM Road Dog Trucking Show, and an actress whose career credits include a recurring role on HBO's acclaimed The Wire. A leader in the healthcare industry for more than three decades, she is the recipient of the Secretary McDonough Coin of Recognition for her leadership efforts to combat the COVID pandemic. As the founder of the Next Step Leadership Academy, Dr. Drayvon uses this training and experience to lead women to their next level of greatness in life and business using the power of everyday peace. This is not her first visit with us, and we are very happy to welcome back Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Manson Mitchell, Drayvon. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be back. Oh, well, yeah, I can tell. It's great that we can see each other. Our listeners can't see us, but if they would see the big smile on your face, they would be equally optimistic about the future of humanity. And we need someone to we need someone to carry that torch. Might as well be you. <laughs> Might as well be me. I do have a little. You know what? I was listening yes. to. You. Yes, please do. I was listening Go to ahead. your intro, and you said about the simplicity, and I said, "Oh my gosh, my goal has been achieved." I think everything should be simple. We got too much complexity in our world. We do, and we pick through those thorny issues day by day. I've had people say to me, "Well, turn off the TV. Stop watching the news." That's irresponsible when you happen to be the co-host of a talk show where we discuss contemporary issues, current events, people and things in the news. No, I, I don't think there's anything to uh, to say for on behalf of ignorance. You know, I mean, if it bugs you that much, you know, be aware of what's going on, even if you don't want to sit in front of the TV for a third of the day watching news, as I usually do, because we need the topical material on this show. So, yes, and congratulations for your your effort and so much that you've accomplished, but also to be honored in a particular way for your efforts in combating the the scourge of COVID. It's just amazing to me. That's wonderful. I've got a COVID story for you. I'll make it very quick. 
that it, Suzanne and I were in a, a local supermarket. They're going for the groceries and we had both tested for uh, COVID and I had not received my results yet. So I'm what, but I had my iPhone because they'll text you, you know, there and we're beginning to shop and we had our exit strategy. We'll go through the machines. There are no checkers. We'll go right out this door. We'll be in here a few minutes and we're going to be fine because it turns out we're positive. We certainly don't want to be spreading this stuff around. And we had our masks on. So the text came through. Yes, I tested positive as Suzanne had done earlier. I tested positive for one of the sub variants and I was 18 days getting over what was like a, a extra long case of the flu. And that was, that was it. But here's the, the thing that really got under my skin. There was a young couple there, and this guy with ball cap, you know, in a cocky walk. So he saw me with my mask on, and he's like, <laughs> look at this guy over here wearing a mask. As the text arrived, telling me that I was positive, I had tested positive. Only my keen sense of good citizenship and even temper prevented me from going up to him and saying, take a look at this, and sir, may I breathe on you? You, know, you want that? Because look at this, buddy, you know, and he's scoffing because I'm wearing a mask. I don't I've given up on curing human ignorance. I just I don't know what to do about it. Hopefully you have the answers in the next 50 minutes or so. And we can solve the problems of Earth on Earth Day, no less. Well, thank you for being a good citizen. <laughs> he doesn't know how lucky he is. <laughs> well, it's just you think you know what you know, but you don't know what you don't know. That's, the, I think, the core of the human predicament on this planet. We we don't know what we don't know, and then we generate assumptions that often get us into trouble. We sure do. And you can say that again. We don't know what we don't know, and therefore we don't even know how to ask the questions about what we don't know. I'm afraid you're right about that. We wanted to talk to you today about uh, prescription for happiness and, and Gary said this couldn't be more timely because the news is so negative all the time. And we don't want to be at the effect of what it is that is going on in the airwaves around us. And you have some some good ideas. I was reading some of the talking points for today that was uh, sent by the uh, Steve Allen Media. And a couple of things really drew my attention. I... I didn't read this in the talking points, but I made a note to talk to you about where you put your attention, energy flows, because one of the things that it says is that energies rest in our bodies and you have a prescription for what to do about that to release the negativity. Very simple. Go ahead. Tell everybody. Move the body, movement, conscious movement. And it doesn't matter how much. I'm not saying we need to go run a marathon, but some kind of movement, whatever that looks like for you. I've been in healthcare for over 30 years, as we mentioned at the top of the show. And I am totally aware that not everyone's going to you know, get a gym membership. Not everyone's even walking down to the mailbox. So whatever the version of movement that you can do, do that and commit to a daily practice. Move that energy. Don't let it get stuck in the body. Don't let it sit there like standing water. My goodness, you'd be surprised at what grows in there. You know, that daily practice is, I think, what stops people or is sometimes very daunting. There have been periods of time where I have not had any kind of a daily practice for movement times when I've been injured or ill or something like that. And then it seems like I'm always starting from zero, always starting from scratch. But once we get revved up, oh, Gary and I are in a period now where we've walked every day for several weeks. And sometimes it's a long walk. Sometimes we're going for 45 minutes or, or more. Sometimes it's a short walk when we don't feel like walking. I'm not in the mood. Well, let's just take a short walk. And today I took one of those short walks, but I felt better for just having done a little bit of exercise. And that's when I, I was thinking about moving energies in and moving energies out. That's physiognomy. That, that's, that's your physical self. 
Does that really work? I mean, is science really behind moving energies when you move your body? Well, what we do know is that these little neural transmitters that run and tell the brain messages, like, you know, how you should feel in this moment. And there's these endorphins who say, hey, you should feel happy. It doesn't have to mean you should feel giddy. I think sometimes we misrepresent. We'll talk about that in a minute, what happiness is. But when we move the body, no matter how much, we, we ignite endorphins in our body, which say, hey, we're going to help you with your mood a little bit. We can use, as we said, there's so much negativity and so much stuff to be down about and worried about that we're hearing about in the media. We can use someone on our side, some endorphins, some neurotransmitters saying, I'm going to help you see the other side of this. Because believe me, there is another side of it. There's those two sides to a coin, probably more than that, if you really think about it. There's so many ways that we could see the glass half full, but we're being told constantly to see it you know, half empty and we get used to that. So every little bit of help that we can give ourselves with the body movement being one of them and getting those endorphins to send those neurotransmitter signals to the brain saying, hey, here's a reason to smile, take it. Your doctorate is in pharmacy from Creighton University. And so I, I I almost hesitate to ask the question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What What is the use of pharmaceuticals when it comes to creating endorphins or doing the kinds of things that you need to get your brain going in the right direction? When we're talking oh, yes, body so movement. That. So how, so juxtapose yeah. a little bit body movement with pharmaceuticals. Yes. So I always tell people to utilize, and I've you know, been a pharmacist for over 30 years. So I never tell people, come off your meds or don't go see you know a physician because you need to sometimes. Sometimes we have imbalances that are deeper than that. We may have a serotonin or dopamine imbalance, and those can definitely be corrected with um, with pharmaceutical aid. However, pharmaceutical aid alone right, um, is not going to be enough. And we've talked about that so much in, in, in medicine that, hey, if you're doing, if you're getting some help and you're feeling a little bit better with medication, let's add some therapy. Therapy says, hey, if you're doing a little bit better with therapy and medication, let's add some energy on our own. Let's change our diet, perhaps. Let's get off a little bit of that sugar, reduce that because those highs and lows wreak havoc on our emotional health. Let's increase our water intake. Let's let's do some movement. So they're synergistic, really, right? And if you, you know, a lot of times you'll find uh, providers nowadays that say, let's, let's try some other things before we go straight to the pharmaceutical um, aid they're definitely beneficial. But, you know, whenever we introduce one substance to the body to do some good, it does have some side effects. And I would say the same thing about exercise too. You know, you know, my daughter, who's a long distance runner and, and young, uh, exercised on a regular basis and had a major uh, foot injury. She hit a rock on her ankle and broke some crazy bone freak accident. So exercise is not without its own peril and side effects as well. But paired with the pharmaceuticals and the therapy, if you need it, you're going to get a synergistic effect and you're going to feel um, a lot better longer. I'm thinking of a time, uh, Dr. Drayvon, when Suzanne and I were taking walks on virtually a daily basis. We kept a pretty good schedule in the town of Bothell, Washington, where you have one beautiful leg of the glorious Burke Gilman Trail. People in and around Puget Sound know all about the Burke Gilman Trail, though I haven't met anyone personally. It's been from one end to the other, but I'm sure there are any number of people who have. But in our neighborhood, you had to go down a little bit of a, a ridge, you know, decline in order to get to the flat trail. And I was walking one time. Suzanne knows exactly to what I refer there. And she decided she was going to playfully skip down like a bunny and um, turned her foot the wrong way. There And all I can tell you is that you would have had you been there, you would have witnessed the spectacle of two middle aged people, one with his arm around the other, helping her limp across a busy highway to get back to our apartment community in one piece. One little thing, this just some movement, a little twist can cause you weeks, even months of agony and therapy. That's all it takes. 
kind of freaks me out. I decided I'm going to live the rest of my life in a big plastic bubble, one that I could just roll around in. That's, that will be my exercise. Right. Well, you know, I got to tell you, like I said, my, my daughter, she's 22 years old. She had this crazy accident, you know, exercising and this and that. And it, there is this part of you that says, oh, you know, I won't do it. But, you know, the, the the benefit is worth the risk. And I always tell people, you know, talk to your physicians, find out what you can do, what you can't do. But I would bet you 100 percent of your providers are going to say you can do something, start slow, be careful, but do something because it not only is a lot of we're talking about today, you know, your emotional health, but the physical benefits are amazing. But the emotional health and the physical benefits, and then we're talking about pharmaceuticals, if you're having to take some kind of um, medication to deal with some temporary depression or anxiety, it's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing, wrong, but do yourself a favor and get everything working in the same direction. Get a team, you know, you're part of that team. You're part of that healing team as well. I was on an antidepressant when I was 27 years old, having a, a tsunami of things that hit me all at one time and <clears throat> saw a doctor that said, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on this medication temporarily. And, and of course, I did feel better, but it, it is, as you say, when you can graduate, you start incorporating other things so that it doesn't become a lifelong habit. And that I was eager to get off the medication at the same time that I really needed it because I was doing so much crying when I was 27 and trying to fight my way out of a paper bag. And, uh, and so I, I can attest to what it is that you're saying. Sometimes it's really necessary. And then you look down the road and you say, there will be a time when I'm feeling better and I'm not going to need this. But when you do need it, you need it. And then after that, other things took effect, problems got resolved, you know, and then I was able to um, get off that. But it's uh, it's important to to get it at the point where you need it and then get off of it yeah. when you don't anymore. So. Right. And I love the fact that you're saying that, too, for our listeners, too, because I think sometimes there's this this shame and guilt associated with that. And, uh, you know, that's that's a tool. It's, it's a tool because we all know. And as you mentioned, you went through that rough patch you know, and you were able to get off it. But here's the thing that really grabs people sometimes is that what do we know is going to happen with life? There's another rough patch coming, right? And maybe during that time period, when we take the time to love on ourselves and get the help that we need, we learn some things about ourselves, learn some things about how we can help be an aid to ourselves. And we may or may not need to revisit medication, but knowing that, hey, I did it once, it was helpful. Now I can do this, I can do this. I have more tools for healing in my arsenal. Yeah, very good. And it's good to hear that from a pharmacist because, you know, people could make an assumption that you think there's a pill for everything and that's it, but that isn't how you operate. No, would that that were true, right? Yeah, we could all get drugged up. (laughs) (laughs) Would that that were true, right? But unfortunately or fortunately, and I happen to believe that it's very fortunate that we will be uh, co-participants in our healthy, happy living. It will not be handed to us in a prescription bottle or any other kind of bottle. We will have to get in there in the ring with life and say that I am worth whatever it takes, I'm worth it. And I'm going to participate with it. And there are some times in life when, you know, myself and, and, and others have said, you know, I, I don't know, I'm tired. I'm tired. So that's why we're here to talk about, to talk about that, you know, that being tired, being, you know, uh, being at the end of your rope happens to all of us, but um, yet and still we push forward. Resiliency is part of this journey. Resiliency is part of this journey. Oh, that's perfect. And I mean, it makes a perfect segue. Drayvon, I was, I had to get a heart test pre-surgery many, many years ago there. And Suzanne and I are sitting in the waiting room at the cardiologist. And there is an older gentleman who was pushing his wife in. I wasn't sure who was going to see this particular cardiologist. 
there. And he pushed his wife, who was clearly very aged and disabled. I mean, she wasn't going to get out of that wheelchair there. And he just essentially parked her there, made sure that she was secure. And then he went in. It wasn't for her. I misjudged that situation by judging by appearances. You see, he went in. He was just standing ramrod straight. Then he went in to see the cardiologist and they closed the door. But there was enough uh, echo coming out so that those of us in the waiting room were treated to various conversations going on in this doctor's office. And I could hear the man clear as a bell. This gentleman said, Doc, what do you have that you can give me? Because I'm out there mowing the lawn and I just don't have that pep I used to have. I can get the lawn mowed and whatnot, but it's just, it takes a long time. It's just harder than it used to be. I was wondering if you could give me something for that. And there was this heavy silence for about two seconds. And the cardiologist with a booming voice, I'll call the patient John, the cardiologist virtually yell so everybody in the clinic could hear john you are 93 years old (laughs) you're not going to have the energy that you had when you were 63 or 53 or 43 or 33 you're 93 years old so this man in his mind should be able to get out there mow the lawn pull the weeds, whatever needs to happen with the same vigor he had half a lifetime earlier. And I congratulate him for that. But at the time, I didn't say that. He came out and he actually addressed me. I'm just sitting there. There in this elder, this 93-year-old man. He said, um, did you hear that? And I said, yeah, I think we all heard it. You know, <laughs> He said, well, I don't know. I just don't understand why I can't have the energy that uh, I used to have when I want to go out and do the yard work. I said, well, compare yourself to others of your age. Oh, and I slapped my forehead. I said, that's the problem. All the people to whom you would compare yourself are dead. <laughs> so if you are 93 and mowing your lawn at all, it doesn't matter how long it takes. If you're still there doing it, you are succeeding well beyond the expectations of people given actuarial statistics about the age at which we have to stop doing that, not to mention our lifespan. So it's just a matter of perspective. And I think making a decision like that, that you're going to get out there at 93 years of age and mow your lawn once or twice a month indicates a purposefulness to living. It's like an act of will. Yeah, I love that story because what I hear in that too is that nobody told me that I shouldn't be doing it or I couldn't do it. Most of all, I didn't say that I couldn't be doing it. So therefore, I am doing it without question, right? And we think about those things in our life every day. Like there's certain things that we just decide without even thinking we go and do and and then we do, we get them done. And we don't think of them as being uh, a miracle, like that 93-year-old that you just told us about. He doesn't think that, oh, at 93, it's pretty much almost a miracle that I'm mowing my lawn myself two times a month. You know, that's pretty miraculous, right? He doesn't think of it that way. He just thinks of it as part of what he does, right? And we are really the story. We are the outcome of the story that we've been telling ourselves about everything. Right. I think of life as a as being in a on a big stage and a theater, right, with a whole bunch of actors on it. And I'm lucky and so is everybody else because you get to be the actor and the director. And you don't get to pick the scene. That's the scene that you've been cast in. So you're gonna be, you know, that's it. That that's the role you're playing today. But you get to say how it's gonna impact you and how you're gonna interact with it. You know, it's like um what they call improv. <laughs> That's And a lot of life, maybe most of life, is improv because there's so many angles that you could take in discussing it. But when you wake up in the morning, you're not guaranteed that you're going to make it back to your bed at night. And each and every day, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. A lot of life is improvisation and the ability to react in the moment to the stimuli coming at you, whether they be friend or foe or you're not sure which. It's like you have to keep yourself on alert and yet with a relaxed mind, because who wants to go through 93 years, for example, if you're anxious all the time? 
Right? That's the big thing. So we were, we're talking about acting now, one of my favorite subjects. But I remember taking an acting class many, many years ago. Gosh, so many years ago. But one of the things in this particular improv class is that you had to say yes to everything. No matter what it was, your answer was yes. Now, how you played out yes was up to you. You get to pick it out. So I kind of think about that in the in the course of our day, right? We don't know. You just mentioned that nobody that wakes up today is guaranteed to make it home. And, you know, my, my grandmother used to say, if you wake up clothed in your right mind, um, that you are very, very fortunate, right? You wake up the way you went to bed. But when we do wake up, we don't know what the scenarios are that we're going to face, right? We have no idea. That's fascinating if you're sitting in the audience and watching, right? Maybe not so fascinating if it's your turn, tag, you're it, right? For whatever the scene is. But you, we do have the option of how we're going to perceive this. Sometimes it takes a, a slowing down and becoming the watcher. I say, you know what, that is happening. I don't enjoy that, but uh, here's what I'm going to do with that. We're going to go ahead and take our break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about what to do about any negative thoughts that sneak in, because you've got a, a, a really good idea, a good prescription for happiness about what happens when that negativity takes you unawares and sneaks into your mind and, and takes up residence there? Good daily practices, good practices for a happiness prescription. And in the meantime, thank you for listening to Manson Mitchell. Give us a couple of minutes and we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days. And I'm so excited to tell you about American Road. It is the best car travel magazine in the world. They have the most fantastic adventures detailed in each magazine with all your itinerary. We could just jump in the car with your family and have the most fabulous adventures you've ever had in your life. Please get a copy of American Road and start your own adventure. I'm Gary Mans. And I'm Suzanne Mitchell. It's time for the 2023 KKNW Listener Survey. Please log on to 1150kknw.com after our show and complete the listener survey. Your responses will ensure quality program like Manson Mitchell continues on this station. As an added incentive, you will have a chance to win round-trip tickets for two on the Victoria Clipper to beautiful Victoria, B.C. Plus a $100 gift certificate to Famous Dave's Restaurant. On behalf of of KKNW, Manson Mitchell, and all of the fine shows on our station. Thank you for taking the time to help us improve your listening experience. You've got to play to win, and one lucky person's name will be drawn on April 23 for the trip. Log on to KKNW right after Manson Mitchell and fill out the survey. Complete contest rules can be found at 1150kknw.com. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. Terry Loving wants to help you with your online marketing challenges right now. She has several courses she is giving away to help you get your business working for you online. Yes, giving away. WordPress websites are her specialty, yet her technical skills go way beyond that. Check out her blog at terryloving.com or email her directly at terry at terryloving.com. That's terry at terryloving.com.
On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Von Brashler, whose new book, Past Lives, will make for an exciting discussion about who we were before we were here. On Saturday, Jody Levon, the happy medium, will grace our airwaves once again with insights gained from her own experiences. And yes, she will be taking calls in the second half of the show. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Bored with the other stations, hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. 93 years old and the grass is greener on the far side of the hill and I still have to mow it. <laughs> Gary, welcome back to Manson Mitchell on Earth Day 2023. New Christy Minstrels. Yep, green, green. It's green, they say, on the far side of Good the hill. Good choice, Suzanne. Good thank you, thank you. We are talking with Dr. Drayvon James once again. Happy to have her with us. And uh, Dr. James, with, if people would like to learn more about your book, uh, Freedom is Your Birthright, or more about the work that you do, because there's quite a few things that you are are doing and are into, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Oh, thank you so much, Suzanne. At this season in my life, I'm so much wanting to get the word out to help people um, more so than ever become their happiest self. So again, as you mentioned, my website is DravonJames.com. Uh, I do uh, group coaching, a lot of group coaching, because we got to learn how to get along with others and how to see people as a resource and see ourselves as a resource. So on my website, you're going to find out how to work with me there. My book is Freedom is Your Birthright. It definitely is, but it does require some work and input by you. And that book can be gotten from Amazon.com there. And it's a short book, less than 100 pages. So I tell people you can read it probably in a weekend and use it for a lifetime. So I encourage people there. And lastly, I got to tell you, I'm doing a lot of work with women, helping women to learn how to develop the life that they're just dreaming about through my Leaders in High Heels coaching program. And you can find out about all of that on my website, Drayvon James, Dr. Drayvon James. I said Drayvon, but it's Dr. Drayvon James. Doctor, You know what? I went to look that up because I thought, I think she missed the D-R. So it's D-R, <laughs> D-R-A-V-O-N, Dr. Drayvon James. You know, I want to ask you, 30 years here in pharmaceuticals, this is such an obvious question, and I don't know why I didn't think of it before right now. Are you all caught up in the mifeprestone problem that is going on with um, the uh, abortion medicine being declared illegal and in the courts and all of that? How is that affecting you and your work? Well, it doesn't necessarily affect me because I work more in administration, but uh, it is an interesting time in our country, isn't it? Um, and wherever you fall on either side of that um, argument, it is uh, in my practice, uh, because I work mostly with veterans and, and women vets, and you think, um, hmm. To have someone else make decisions for them, knowing that they have fought for so many freedoms around the world, it's an interesting. It's an interesting social issue. It hasn't necessarily hit us so much so hard um, from a patient population yet, but socially, it's got a lot of conversation around it. Good. It definitely does. And yeah. uh, Suzanne, thank you for introducing this. This It's important to talk it, about this. It just this. hit me right now. I have a pharmacist here and there are states yeah. that are buying it up in bulk to make sure that women have an option. Washington State yeah. there and, and bless your governor, they made sure that they ordered a three-year supply while it was legal to do so, right? And that was pending this decision that, that came down late yesterday. Massachusetts bought a year's worth, and it's going to go on from there as this plays out. Here's the thing, uh, Dr. Drayvon James, pharmacist. When I listen to people commenting on this, I see them, and this is a word I don't get to use very often. They're, they're not avoiding the topic, though they are avoiding the topic. In their responses, they are eliding the topic. And by that, I mean, or at least it sounds in my ears like, let's not talk about the ultimate goal here. Let's talk about the efficacy, 
the safety. How many times have you heard people say in recent weeks, it's safer than Tylenol. It's been on the market for 23 years, et cetera. There, and I say, usually to the TV, I have some of my best conversations yelling at the TV. And I say, that is not the point. I don't think that any reasonable person can object to a drug being on the market that is based on any number of studies, peer-reviewed, et cetera, and experiments, that a product through the FDA with its approval, been on the market 23 years, safer than Tylenol, and yet some Texas judge wants to get it off the market. It cannot be about efficacy. It cannot be about safety nearly as much as what it is intended to do. The issue is, and 54% currently, 54% of abortions are done by this method, through the pill, not the procedure. With that being the case, let's not pretend that we're arguing about the safety of the drug. That's a non-issue. This has to do with the ends to which the drug is put. What are your intentions? There are those who are pro-lifers, usually on the right wing of American politics on that spectrum there who want to have a virtual nationwide ban on abortion. And you could not effectively achieve that if this drug is on the market. While others who are in favor of keeping the drug on the market, as certainly I am, there are talking about the safety of the product. No, it's access to abortion by means of this pharmaceutical regimen. So let's be honest about it and decide how we're going to go forward because there's an awful lot of lawyering and the judges are taking this juridical stand over something that is the choice of each individual pregnant woman in America. Let's be honest about it for a change. Well, and, and I guess my question for you, Drayvon, is does this come up as a topic when you are dealing with um, uh, leading women in, uh, in the power of everyday peace? in the groups of women that you're meeting with, this is what's going on currently. So is this a topic that the people that you are talking to, the women you are talking to want to discuss? Is that, is it up, is it up for women generally? Yes, definitely. And I apologize. It's definitely come up in groups with women on either side. Right. I decide because women are not a monolithic group, right? Uh, you know, so it's a couple on either side. And I think we're, as a coach, my, you know, uh, my position on this for, pe for people is that respect at all, it, you know, to be able to be respectful. And in some of my groups with women, there's been a lot of sadness over what they feel is a big step backwards right. and them having autonomy over their life. Right. Right. And I think that um, has been one of the things that has been so charged emotionally is just that, you know, who am I in, in, in me as an individual? Yes. So getting women, you know, that, that has been what has really been, as you mentioned, the, the the real topic being, you know, whether or not what, yes. what's the main drug being used for. But most women are not even in in my groups anyway are not even getting to that. They're just getting to the fact that am I losing autonomy over me? You you know, I'm well 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 past childbearing years, and so it it really doesn't apply to me. But I have to say, I I take it personally. I that should be a decision between me and my doctor. That is my feeling, not my me, my doctor, and a legislator. Just me and my doctor. You know, it's up up to us to to figure it out. So it doesn't really apply to me personally because I'm not going to get pregnant at this point in my life. But I do feel like there is an assault on my power to make decisions about myself, and and I, I just don't like that feeling. Um, I want to get has been the number one feeling, number one yeah. argument in, in, in a lot of my other discussions. I would say heated discussions in some of my groups. And my my position is just to remain open and respectful, um, and definitely, you know, talking to your political leaders and expressing your viewpoints. But 
not to go to this dark place of uh, there's so many ways to uh, to diminish each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and to. Yeah. Go ahead. No, finish what you were going to say. To diminish each other. And I said, and to make one person's stance on something. Oh, we have a tendency as a as a people to let it define everything about them. So to be careful not to fall into that. You know, and and I guess if you're dealing with women who are of a varying opinion, that as a, a woman's coach, you get to bring both sides together in conversation if they're willing to do that. And so that would be important work that you're doing. If if there's a conversation going on and everybody is not just in agreement and, and they get to express varying opinions about it. Yes. Yeah, so we talk a lot about in our coaching sessions, leaning into conflict. And I got to tell you, that ha- has been it wouldn't it's, it's not has hasn't been our predominant discussion, but it's been enough for us to really be able to talk about, you know, leaning into conflict and how to walk away from this discussion both having been heard and hearing. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That was beautifully put. Having been heard and hearing. And to kind of circle back around to the prescription for happiness, um, there we're going to have a lot of negative thoughts about what it is that is going on. They're going to sneak in. We're going to hear something on the news, in the grocery store, at work, and we're going to hear it and and we're going to react to it. And it's going to be, ooh, I don't like that. And so when these negative thoughts kind of creep in, you recommended something which I thought was really fascinating on how you can deal with your negative thoughts. And what is the prescription on that? pharmacist James oh, I I gotta tell you that this works so much and I do it every day I it's you know I've, I've done it several times today already and um, it's really being able to speak to the negative thought so and I want to just take a moment or two and just explain this to people because it's, it's sort of a layered effect and the first part of it has to do with self-awareness what I want to tell people is if you really start to become aware start watching your thoughts you realize that most of your thoughts are duplicates they're, we just think the same couple of thoughts we think them all day long every day right and they're just duplicates we, they run on a cycle we wake up we think a few things and by the afternoon we're thinking the same things and we're complaining about the same things whether we're doing it outwardly or just in our head we're worried about the same things over and over again they're repetitive and so it's like a computer virus in the sense if you don't watch it that it starts running a program of its own silently and it starts chipping away at your happiness, your contentment of life. And so what I have started doing and coaching people to do over years and years of my life is I start watching my thoughts. And how I do that is I do what I call scans. Like I'll just scan through my thought and ask my, my body, I'll just ask myself questions, you know, you know, and then I'll find that, oh, I am really bothered by the fact that and I'll just use real life situations that you have 45 emails that have come in to you at work within the last half an hour. I'm bothered by that. Right. And I'm bothered by the fact that, you know, some of these questions I can't answer or someone else should be doing this. And instead of letting it sit there, I'll start to I'll say it out loud. Drayvon, you are bothered by the fact that you have all of these emails in there. And I'll ask like, what, what, and I'll start talking to myself as though I were talking to, get this, <laughs> a middle schooler who's just had a bad day at school. I'll be very <laughs> kind. I will not be judgmental. I will be more listening to responses and I'll watch myself stomp around in my own mind how unfair it is without any judgment. I call this whole process the light of awareness. I'll allow myself to have an experience and I'll coach myself through it just by listening. What happens eventually is when the light comes on, the boogeyman disappears, right? And eventually the whole thought process is, you know, it's, it's 45 emails. It's not a big deal. You answer the ones you can answer. You won't answer the ones you can't answer. I'm like, yeah, and I can feel my whole self just start sighing. Like, oh, yeah, 
That answer was really easy, right? I'll answer the two or three I can answer and the other ones I won't answer. And But what happens is that I don't have that negative buildup that ruins my whole day, that sours my outlook, that taints how I respond to people because now I have this negative thing running in the in the back of my mind that says someone has sent you they've sent you 45 emails they're terrible you're inadequate this whole story that I could be making up instead of just saying it happened it's okay I don't have to I don't, I'm not pressured for an answer and talking out loud really makes the emo- it, it it's almost like it saps the energy the negative emotion right out of it it just becomes emails with no charge, no anything. It doesn't have the ability to drag me down into this unhappy place where I'm questioning whether or not I'm even worthy to be in this position. If you can't answer 45 emails, I don't do all that anymore. It's just gone. It just becomes a thing. And I teach people to do this with everything. You know, you could stub your toe when you get out the bed. Talk to it. I stubbed my toe. It doesn't feel good. Yes. Right? And watch what happens. Your it's it's amazing. And it's just amazing. Your this part of the intellect doesn't even ask for an answer. It really just wants to know that you are paying attention. That yes. you, like everybody else, is not taking you for granted. Just pay attention. And don't pay attention in the in a way where you're gonna get in there and whine with us, with them. None of us who raised middle schoolers would say, you know, get in the Thing and say, oh my gosh, it's, it, you know, you should go back and you should do this. We'd listen. We'd be we'd be a soft place for them to listen to. Rub them on the back and say, I believe in you. I believe in you. Mommy may not have the answer to everything, but I believe in you. And guess what's going to happen? This is going to pass. Those are very powerful do that for words. ourselves. It's amazing. And to do it for ourselves, I think you're right on the money. One of my physicians has dry erase boards in each one of his office where wherever you're seeing him that day you're going to see the same message up on the dry erase board he's got right there by the sink and it says pay attention to your words because your body listens to every word you say hello (laughs) yes and you guess and know what the body does not do it does not lie like the brain does. So the brain hears something and it tries to compromise. The body doesn't. It sits in there and it says, hey, it's negative. I'm going to, I have a negative response for that. I have a spike in sugar, spike in uh, (laughs) blood pressure. I got something for that. I got some anxiety. I got this. The body will not lie. Our, Our intellect, we can manipulate, but the body doesn't. And that's why it's so important not to let things, um, lay in the, crevices of our mind. Call it out right away. Don't be afraid to speak to it. And I do this in my car. I tell people before, before there were cell phones and all of this, people probably thought I was crazy because I would say out loud, oh, you know, you're thinking about this. You're worried because the light hasn't changed. Why, you know, why do you always have to be in a rush? What's going to make it, what's going to be the difference if you're there five minutes late? Who? And I would calm right down. If you're going to talk to yourself, uh, recognizing your negative thoughts and, you know, kind of root them out like weeds out of your lawn. You say what you want to then do is feed your mind purposefully. What are you feeding them, Drayvon? Okay. First of all, we never have any judgment. So if you, I don't care what you've done, we, this is, it's a, it's a mistake to believe that we can criticize ourselves to success. It does not work. Right. So what we're going to do is make sure that we're feeding our mind positivity, pay attention to this is going to sound crazy, but your favorite song could be the thing that is just setting you in the wrong path. If you're getting up every morning talking about how the dog just died and the wife just left and you can't pay the bills. You may want to change the song and the music that you're listening to. Right? I'm change not so sure, though, Draymond, what you just said. That, that sounds like a million copy seller in country music right there. It does. It does. It does. Because you know what it does? It speaks to that pain, right? But what it does is it draws more of that into us. I really do this, guys. I love music and I love movement. But I had to go through my song, uh, my, my playlist and say, hey, is this really what you want to draw into your life? 
you know, we said earlier, what you focus on, you you, you produce in your life, right? And so be be really intentional about the conversations that you have, how you have them, right? You you want to be honest, but you want to talk from a place of possibility. What it is that you want, but not what it is that you don't want, right? You want to be really selective in the types of movies and music. And we're not being, we're not saying we're etching everything out, but you really want to pay attention and pay attention to how you feel after you engage in certain things, not what you're thinking about, just how do you feel and then make a determination. Do I, this is how I want to feel? Probably not. If that's not how you want to feel, then you ask the question, but then you come up with an answer to that too, because that is affirmative. And I know with your background in the unity movement, affirmative prayer means a lot to you. Yes. So you got it. You, and you get, to, and there's no shame, guilt, or condemnation because you get to make that determination. But understanding that happiness is an inside job. It's not the world's responsibility to conform or to change for us to be happy. That's our job. And when we take it up, we also take on the challenges that come with. But that's how you grow. We've had conversations probably any, at least a few times over the years about the metaphor of the pearl. The pearl comes into existence because the oyster is irritated. <laughs> and that, that's the necessary ingredient to success if the idea is to make a beautiful pearl. And so we have all these pearls. That means there's a lot of irritation even under the waves that goes on, but it has a role in life because the irritation, what's that saying? I think that Einstein came up with nothing changes until something moves. The irritation, that becomes the stimulus to growth because you don't want the irritation and your reaction to it can create something as beautiful as a pearl, but it's still the process. You still have to be on whatever level aware of who you are and what you're doing at that moment. Oh, that's a beautiful analogy, right? Um, the pearl goes through all of that and we get this beautiful pearl, but we talked during the break about all the things that happen in our lives, right? They are meant for us to have the tools that we need to be victorious on the things that we're going to see and the impact that we're going to have. So we have to have those experiences. Could you imagine having a life that had no challenges in it? To whom would you be helpful? To whom would you be able to relate, right? You couldn't help anybody. It's like, oh, I haven't experienced anything. But because we've had these experiences, we use them so we can do what I call one anothering, right? We could be here to be a help and a hand for someone else to get to their next level of greatness. And it is the greatness. You're not shy about using that word. It's not to the next level of your okayness. It's about greatness, about achieving your full potential, because that remains the endless horizon, maybe beyond our last breath. Can't guarantee that. But as long as we're drawing breath, we are sentient beings in these bodies. And beyond that, maybe the work continues. I'm going to knock on some serious wood here. I hope so. I just can't guarantee it. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not shy about that word greatness at all, because we all have that within us. It's our job to bring it forward. And, and a lot of my clients get really challenged with this. What I what their definition of was of greatness 10 years ago is like, oh, I didn't live up to that. And it's OK. If, it's, if your definition changes, that's OK. It's not meant to remain the same. You just keep following your path. Allow yourself to exist in this state of flow. Be intentional like about how you perceive things. Yeah. Yep. And where you put your attention, energy flows. That's where we started out this conversation an hour ago. We've come up to the end of it. And it turns out it's still true. But yeah, so, it's still, <laughs> still true. <laughs> There's so much, you know, and more on the way. Dr. Drayvon James, always a delight. And before this year is out, Please say you'll come back because there's stuff we didn't even get to that would benefit from your perspective and the depth of your insights. So let's do this again soon. Absolutely. You invite me and I'm here. All right. We have our own record saying that. Yes, okay. yes we do. <laughs> all right. Well, join us. We're going to do this all over again next Friday and Saturday. And in the meantime, just hope you have a great week. We thank you always for listening. This whole thing with the survey, if you want to let the station know what you think of us. 
please be kind there and we'll do our best to come up with another good show for you anytime you like. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great day, everyone.